Boom. We're back. It's been forever, Zach. Do you remember how to podcast? Are we good at podcasting? Hey, don't, don't let people behind the scenes. It's been three days since our last podcast for everybody else. Technically four days, but uh, oh. nice try. Um, what if you were like, oh, we don't know what we're doing. It's been four days since we recorded something together. Is it like, uh, to be fair, you can't really criticize me for bringing people behind the scenes. You constantly bring people behind the scenes after I tell you not to. By forgetting what order of our movies. There's yeah, definitely, there, we've definitely had several stretches in our past where you would reference a joke that had not been made on the show yet <laughs> for three to four episodes in a row. Well, I constantly want to compare things to a movie that's in three episodes. It's fun. All right, we're here. We're talking the new movie releases. We're talking Malignant, the uh, the movie that the entire month of September was built around. James Wan's new feature, currently streaming. I thought we were just talking about like the idea of things being malignant. I just like did a lot of tumor research. I actually know quite a lot about tumors. We're talking about P fifty three suppressor dream genes. About what? Uh, P53 uh, suppressor genes. It's a really wow. common tumor suppressor gene. And in the then body. you asked me, do I depress my genes? <laughs> Probably, yes. Less we'll Theo later. <laughs> um, yeah, but we're here to talk about the new movie, uh, which is currently streaming on HBO Max. Please pay us money, HBO Max. We love you very much. Um, and also we, in theaters. We've done a lot of HBO Max work. We definitely we love HBO Max. Concerts. We love HBO Max. They have great catalogs. Um, you can subscribe through your cell phone service, or you can um, subscribe... I don't know. Call HBO, send him a letter, and say, "Can you put me on the service?" Thank you. Um, you have to send him a telegram. That's the send him a telegram. <laughs> Give me HBO Max. Stop. We'll pay money. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're here to talk about *Malignant*, which is the uh, James Wan film. Um, we're gonna do a little quick. We're gonna do a tiny non-spoiler section first, yeah. because it is almost impossible to talk about this movie what happens in it and our feelings about it without digging into this is a movie that you do not want to know anything about going in if you have not watched the trailers yet do not watch them just watch the trailers them. give away nothing though yeah but like they don't it gives away the mood like I, I i'm glad i went to this movie knowing almost nothing about it i have lots of thoughts to say, say about the trailer we'll get to that later okay i didn't watch the trailer i watched part of the trailer and then realized it wasn't a clearly defined horror genre and moved on um, yeah, I'm just going to say this movie's really fun and kind of awesome and uh, very weird. And um, yeah, just go watch it, please. Yeah. If you like horror movies, if you like James Wan, um, you're going to like this movie. For me, it's a real mixed bag. And going into it, there's things I really like hate and tune out on. But okay. the things that I think the movie really cares about and James Wan cares about, I think are executed to perfection. I think there's just elements that, and, and I think you're a lot larger of a James Wan fan um and there's things that i feel he has not improved upon as a director that will always kind of take me out at, of moments of watching the movie um interesting details but, james Wan is the director of the world's best comic book movie aquaman um yeah so there'll so. be some aquaman comparisons when i'm talking about what james Wan does shitty yeah zach has a truly atrocious take on the film aquaman and just generally your takes on dcu films are a bit iffy um, so maybe we don't want to go back. Rules, Aquaman rules. That's my take. That's all I got. You like a movie that's boring and like not very good, and you hate Aquaman, which is amazing. Um, we're going to go to the spoiler section because we want to talk about this. Um, so if you're here still, you've already seen it, or you don't care. If you have not seen it, 
what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you want to hear us talk about Malignant without seeing Malignant? Because you're my mom, and you just wanted to hear me speak and see how adult I sound in her words, in her review of our show. This, this was a review. I do appreciate that our review is adult. Adult. Not in the sexy way, just like can form words. Yes, that's honestly what you mean. It's like you sound like you actually can like speak the English language to some level of intelligence. I'm very impressed, Zach. I want to put that that should be in the poster. Can speak the English language with some level of intelligence. That's our movie. The way poster. he can form sentences make him seem like an adult. Nice. I like it. Um so malignant is the story. I'm gonna to try to explain the plot of this film. We are given um, an indication that there's some kind of facility where kids have weird abilities. Um, we get some, we get some, we get a just absolutely banger opening credit sequence, which makes you so excited for this movie. I love opening credit sequences that feature like parts of um, medical reports or parts of criminal reports. That's always always a guaranteed uh, crowd pleaser and always makes it super interesting because you only get like one third of the information, but every piece of information you get is always really cool. But also um, that opening scene is like totally on point. Like it sets you exactly up for that kind of movie, the kind of over the topness, not taking itself maybe as seriously as like Conjure and some of the other ones. This is much more B-movie-esque in the first like line of the movie. The rest of it kind of gives that away, which is very important, I think. And also kind of dives into the idea that this is maybe more horror sci-fi than it is pure, pure horror. Um, so we cut to the present. Annabelle Wallace is playing a woman who's pregnant. Her boyfriend, husband, smacks her head into the wall. Yeah. Um, then he is brutally murdered over that night. Um, the killer also attacks her. And she ends up in the hospital. Um uh, her unborn baby died in the process. She starts getting interviewed by police officers. They start talking like she's, they start suspecting her of being the killer because there's nobody else in the house. Um, the main character Madison starts having these visions of characters being killed. Um, over time, we start to understand that all of the characters being killed in these visions come from the same sort of like hospital working with kids uh it's so hard to do the plot of this movie um then they so, so talking about those visions though it's more or less like they're like waking dreams that she, she's like yes the way it's filmed which is very interesting she's like appearing within these murders almost like a voyeur like she's is happening in front of her absolutely but her body and her by the end, we realized, you know, it, her body is not actually where it is, but the way her mind is being controlled, she thinks she's still, like, in her bed or something else at that time. Yeah, there's these cool cuts between, like, uh, these merging of the space around her where, like, they're messing with, like, the room she's in will melt and become another room. Um, over time, we start realizing that the main character is actually one of these little girls from the original hospital, that she had some kind of surgery going on to her, um, they start hunting for a killer that they believe to be Gabriel, who's sort of believed to be the imaginary friend or like childhood friend of her. Yeah, because um, there's a lot of like old childhood videos from her adopted family, which we know um, of her like speaking to someone named Gabriel or like saying that Gabriel is telling her to do things um, or Gabriel is trying to kill her little old sister. Yes. And um, 
they finally, uh, the Madison sister goes back to the original hospital, finds some records. They start watching these tapes of the original things, and they realize that um, Gabriel is actually a teratoma, which is a, basically a like a tumorous um, uh, parasite growing out of her body. Basically, he's, like, he's the essentially body. the twin, but a parasitic twin. Parasitic yeah. twin sharing the same brain and spinal cord as her. Um, in the original hospital, they, they had realized that uh, over time he was becoming more and more dangerous. So they had tried to basically cut him out and remove him from the body, but because they share the same spinal cord and um, brain. So this is like, this is actually a, an interesting moment, which sort of ties into like just basic cancer like surgery, which is that the hardest places to cut out tumors are if they start involving brain or spinal cord, because it's not just tissue you can remove. You know, if you have a tumor growing in like, muscle tissue or like even you know less essential tissue you can sometimes remove that easily uh in this scenario it makes it this is like the most extreme version of a tumor it's one that is almost impossible to remove um they were able to make him go dormant and go inside her skull but when her husband smashed her head against the wall uh gabriel was sort of reborn uh we then get to see gabriel take over madison's body slaughter an entire uh prison cell and a police station at this point, Madison is suspected of being the murderer herself by the cops because, of course, the cops are unable to realize that Gabriel is actually, like, taking over her body and using her um, to do these things, but also leaving her without the memories of the actions happening so she doesn't remember doing them herself. Truly amazing kill scene. Like, just... Which one? The the jail cell. The, like, full on actions, that piece of... The, the jail cell especially has some just amazing kills. The punch through the body... Um, there's like just some, it is really James Wan going like, I am just going to do the coolest kills with this weird movie. I also just love the movement patterns. The fact that because the, the, the Dame, Gabriel's in the back of the head, the person is out walking backwards and then using yeah, so the, the arms. It's just weirder. a little awkward and off kilter. It's, it's, it's really, I think really well done. Um, and then, uh, Gabriel goes after the birth mother. We've now researched at this point and, uh, Madison sort of like turn the tables on him, realizes that she can control him just as much as he control her. She can force him deeper and uh, sort of a little bit of a goofy moment where like Madison tells her sister that they'll always be sisters and um, oh, it's kind of a goofy moment so you can't like take that one out. It's the, well, it's the, it's the <laughs> moment that like it's the one moment in the film that like actually is like trying to be emotional, so it feels a little bit uh totally. You're trying to connect the like dramatic themes that for most of the movie didn't care about of her like wanting to find family. And, find and the movie ends. Uh anyway, he push she pushes her him deep inside. Um and then uh, there's a lot of hints that he will return. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think malignant two might happen. Well, yes, we'll see what the HBO numbers are because this was kind of a bomb in theaters, but that's not really. I think we've talked about this and to exhaustion, but I don't know if that's they're going to be their focus on whether they make another movie or not. So we'll see how successful it is on the shooting site. I, I think that I think we've I think we we had a lot of discussions around this one, so it's quote. But one thing that became clear relatively, at least as Delta variant started to emerge again, is that people are truly looking at the ability to see it online and choosing to pass in the yeah. theaters, which is something that was not occurring in the early stages of this thing back in like April and May. I think people were so desperate to get out and go to a movie theater that they were willing to watch stuff that they could have watched for free. And now I think people are making, uh, because the variables of the situation have changed, are making slightly different choices. 
Yeah, I think on surface level, you can look at numbers and be like, there's no way there's a sequel, but I don't think that's a yeah, deep enough insight to. Uh, I think the success that this movie may have, I definitely see this as like kind of having some long legs as building up viewers. I think there is a kind of buzz and talk to it, even if it's sometimes negative buzz. It's so wild that people will talk about it so strongly one way or the other that it hits people's interest. It's certainly not boring. Um, it's not so it, it, people are definitely going to be, I think, interested in that respect. Um, let's talk about James Wan for a second. You like, I think, well, I mean, we've seen roughly the same amount of James Wan films, haven't we? Um, I literally don't remember if I've seen Insidious or not. I, I, I have this up. I have, think, I think I have. I said, I confuse it with Sinister, and I'm pretty sure I've seen Sinister. Maybe, but we've, I mean, um, I think I, like I have James. not seen Saul. I've not it. seen Saul either. So I've seen mostly his Conjuring work, and then um, uh, this and Aquaman. Well, um, I haven't seen Fast Seven. I have uh, Furious Seven. But thank you for insulting. Sure. I'm gonna get downvoted like crazy now. Um, <laughs> yeah, James Wan is an interesting director in that he is. I, I think we we built this one. He's an, a tour. I have not seen Insidious. All right, all right, we're good to know. He's an interesting <laughs> director because he is. We built the month of horror auteurs around him. And I would say he is an auteur. Although if you actually look at his career, the fact that he is almost exclusively, and Malignant might be the only movie in his entire collection that is not part of a franchise or did not become a franchise. Or but the was franchises it. he created as horror franchises. No, but that's what makes him somewhat interesting is that a lot of times people work in horror franchises because they make an indie movie and then they jump to horror franchises. This is a dude who's just built horror franchises all along. He built Saw. He built Insidious. He built the Conjuring franchise. This is his fourth if it creates a sequel. It's a lot for one director to like do first and entries on. Yeah, and he usually does like one to two of the movies and then stops working on them. Like he did one Saw, he did I believe two Insidious, and then he did two Conjuring, and um, he's going to do two Aquaman. So I think he's one of the two most important figures in horror um, of the past 20 years. I think him and Blum. Yeah, no, I, I think that's very much true. Um, he's also done a really good job making sure that he builds horror franchises that are successful, but he also doesn't get stuck in them. Like, if he had gotten stuck doing all five Saw movies or all five Insidious movies or all the Conjuring movies, I think his career would be looked on much less favorably. But the fact that he rarely does more than one or two of them allows him to never get locked purely into that um, his single franchise. letting that. But, but you also know where his you know, heart and ideas truly are because he goes from becoming a super successful um, franchise, you know, director with Aquaman and with Fast going into other franchises that he can jump into any franchise he wants and do the biggest, uh, get hundreds of million dollar budgets that if he wants to. And he's like, you know, what I really rather do is just like make this weird ass, um, you know, B movie. Um, so this is where the passion, I think, comes out more than maybe Aquaman or that. Definitely seems where his heart is. Well, I think he's passionate with everything. But yeah, I think it, what he does love is horror, horror and he likes to make, um, my last statement on him would be, he makes a lot of different type of horror. Because Saw yeah. and Conjuring and, and Malignant are not the same type of horror movie. And it's not the same, same type of genre or the same type of beats. He, he like, still has to like, challenge himself. He's not, even though he's painting this a semi-same sandbox, He's adding new toys and new tools to keep it a different challenge. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about Malignant. Um, you said you were more split. 
but you said uh, you said you you said you were somewhat split in this. Yeah. Um, I'm on the positive end because I I have to admire all the creativity, especially in the last half hour and the balls to the wall bonkerness, which I tend to always want from movies. I like I want to see movies kind of go for it and be crazy. Um, I found the like the police elements of it like a fucking CSI episode. Like the lines they delivered and the acting quality and the way it was filmed seems so TV-ish. I think Jane, my main flaw is James Wan is a horrible acting director. I think the only good performance in James Wan movie is um, Vera Farmiga. And I think she is the one to give credit because she's not going to be able to you know, falter in anyone's movie. We all know I hate Patrick Wilson and he's, he is weird as fucking Conjuring and does not work. Um, <laughs> so I think he's the only one. I think there's just something so like plastic about his performance and being so artificial, which in this movie, it's kind of supposed to be. There is an artificiality to the kind of genre. It's supposed to be a little, you know, arch or over the top. Um, but those performances I find so boring and so rote and not to the like um not not to the level i think Annabelle wallace honestly is really good and they're just playing like a completely different game than what she's doing she's doing she's in a whole different movie in the movie i think this is and they're just giving the most down the line basic performance you can possibly with like zero character and zero chime and i don't think it's all the blame i think those characters are all so so thinly written they are written like they're tv detectives with no true you know um arc or body to them um that those that that's those scenes really kind of took me out of it um and i don't know if it was necessary to the movie so i wouldn't go as far to say he's he's that bad with with actors i will agree that those scenes are only in the movie to serve the purpose of having the sort of uh people suspecting uh yeah. the main character of being uh, the bad person but they're essentially as far as time wise they're like this second main characters and they're disposed of without any real interest they're just like gone for the movie near the end and they do not come back even though um i forget the detective's name but he is the second lead essentially um there should have been a lot more care given to those characters drawn out because there's a lot of seven to this movie and i'm not the first person to say that um mm. those detectives you compare them to what, like brad pitt and morgan freeman and i don't love seven but at least those performances and those characters have so much more actual soul to them in their experience. And these are just people doing their jobs. Yeah. I, I think it's just, they don't care. I mean, you can make this as a cop. You, like James Wan is very clearly focused on one thing and one thing only. And he's interested in that yeah. and not really much else. And the other characters are, I mean, to me, it honestly reminds me of a lot of horror films and a lot of horror films. Characters right. are there to serve a plot purpose rather than a character purpose. Probably um, why I sometimes have pushed away from horror, because I think if you're going to give characters so much more time, they need more purpose rather than just to push the plot. They still need have to be essentially characters. Yeah. I mean, I think I would, I think I would fall sort of in the in-between of this and that I don't think the performances are particularly great and I'm not going to sit here and remember them in a while. I was not turned off by them the way you were. I was, it was sort of just like, I was along for the ride with the movie, and if they're part of the story that I have to watch, I'm not going to complain. That I would get the same thing. I was giving all to them, but the sister, same same argument. I would say for her as well. Yeah, yeah. They give her fair. a lot. They give her a lot to do, but there's no true um, soul to what that character is. Personality. Her personality is she's like an earnest actress in the dumbest way possible, and that's like all I got. 
Yeah, I mean, she doesn't really have. I mean, like, the, I think the thing that is very evident in this movie is that there are just you don't know any of these people. These actors are not outside of. I mean, even Annabelle Wallace is not like if Annabelle Wallace is the most like. How many people in this cast have you even seen in something before? I think I've seen two of these people. Nothing, maybe. I, I think I've seen two of these actors. Movie. I've seen Gabriel in many things, um, mostly in the shadows. If you look deep um, at the end of like Forrest Gump, you can see Gabriel hiding around. It's a, it's a, it's a good point. Um, um, I, 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 I'm going to say this, and you're going to hate me so much, but this is my true feelings. Um, it's going to turn off all our audience and, and get, ruin any credibility I have. Do you know what I want this movie more so to be? Good is Woman in the Window. <laughs> um, I, I I want those actors. I think Annabelle Wallace says I want the actors just going balls to the walls crazy as all the performances in Woman in the Window I think are going for it. So I and understand. those are stars, and they're playing on a, in a different level than what they have. Um, but I mean, even these amateurs seem like they're still playing it so safe. And they're so not amateurs. That's really fucking rude of me. But they're still playing it so safe and down the line. I want them just to go for something wacky because that's what this movie is. The plot wise and the last half hour is all really wacky over the top. And I just think there's so many scenes playing against that and not embracing that. And the performances are not embracing that. And Annabelle Wallace is embracing it, and that's why I think she thrives within this. So I will say this movie much better than Woman in the Window. Like that's not even they're not remotely close. I honestly disagree. They're not even remotely close. No, Woman in the Window is straight garbage. Um, but I, I I see your point in that there is an argument to be made that these characters. I think two things is I think two things are really clear. One, a lot of these people are TV actors. Um, I feel like TV lends itself to, to big showy hammy performances less than film does mostly because it's yeah. so much about just getting you know getting the, the shot moving on to the next thing. And but I would agree. I think some more camp would be fun. James Wan's dramatic arc seem TV-ish. I don't think he's able to carry characters like see I think it works when you have better actors, when you have more established actors. Like I don't have the problem with the conjuring or Aquaman or something. But this movie is a movie that I do like, with Aquaman. Aquaman's amazing. Please do not start fighting this again. Um but yeah, this is a movie where your your main your your biggest actor is Annabelle Wallace, and I'm not saying this is insulting. She's not. She's good. She's a good actress, but she's not like super high tier or particularly impressive. Or like you know, I'm I'm you know, she's a good actress, but she's not, um, you know, top of the line uh, film. No, she's star. like a fine in other movies and things. I think she's really great in this because she's finally given a chance to like do something, do something like, really intense, and take the screen. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Let's see. Anything else specifically that uh that you found off that you found off putting? Um I think I kind of resolved this one in my head. Um, but I feel like there's just a little too many like clues. They made a lot of the connections to her and Gabriel a little obvious. I, I don't think they had the the big twist, which is they were still part of the same body. I, I still found pretty shocking. But you're led pretty early on that they are essentially siblings and connected. And I, 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 I kind of wish the movie would have laid in that mystery. I think it would have made the surprise at the end more exciting because it's not a far line between where my mind was already going and with him being part of her that it wasn't as shocking to me as it seems like it is for other audiences because I already like was training my brain to think that there was that connection. I just don't thought that he like, because they said take the tumor out, that he was like a different being at this point coming back. 
but they, that their minds were still like connected somehow. So that she was still part of it, still a twist. But I, I wish I kind of was assuming that she had less to like direct connection to him than they tell you right away. Yeah, I mean, just the first scene to the cut ahead to the present day, it's pretty clear that they're going from young yeah. version of this character to the older version of this character. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those twists where it's like they could have done a better job about it, but I also think that it's very effective. I don't think it's trying to be as much of a twist as that. I, that so maybe I'm, I'm doing the kind of argument that I hate, which is like complain about the movie I want rather than the movie yeah. I, I got. I just, because I, I do think that there's just more of a mystery than it would have relevant. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, I hadn't thought about this. Everybody keeps talking about this as like, is it a twist? It's like you could. There's a legitimate argument to make that this is not meant to be a twist. That James Wan never, for one minute, tells you that there's not a connection between these two characters. The reveal is a shock. It's a body horror, but it's in some ways it's more of a like body horror reveal than it is like a oh my god, this thing you never would have guessed in the like would would have that if you'd said if you'd asked somebody ten minutes into the movie if told them the final result and asked them how surprising it was it wouldn't have been that surprising if we're being honest it's that's not you know you know that's not like malignant they give it away in a title you know it is a tumor or a parasite of some sort connected it's in the title yeah they're not certainly not hiding this is not like shutter island or something where like that twist is actually um makes you kind of reevaluate the entire film and everything that has previously happened in it uh ruined that was on an island all along i know and it has shutters, really, just <laughs> killing the decorations. Yeah, shutters, honestly. More shutters needed. Let's have a proper title that fits it. Um, anything else that was holding you up on this? No, I think that I, I, those are my big, my big problems with it. I'm still veering to the positive, as I said. Yeah. Um, that's what holds me back to being as excited as some of its like biggest fans to be, and making me really want to rewatch it. See, um, I'm not a big. It makes me fan. honestly; those aspects made me kind of bored. Um, and then you could last half hour, and it's, it's very fun. But there, I feel like I could be watching, you know, something a little more exciting. I, I will say I am not as high on it as maybe the biggest fans of Malignant are. Yeah, I do think there are moments that suffer that are not as interesting as others. I think in some, I think the biggest, the biggest criticism, the biggest statement you can make about this movie, and you can sort of treat this as a criticism or a compliment, depending on how you want to think of it, is that James Wan is very focused on like. A really small, about fifteen percent chunk of this movie, the, and the last twenty-five minutes is what this. And just well, just it's for. it's not even just the last 50, twenty-five minutes. It's that opening sequence. It's it's these little things about Gabriel and the parasite, and that's the part that he really cares about. This parasitic twin thing. That's the thing he really cares about. Yeah. He's focused on throughout the film, and the other moments are all. And it's sort of like it's very classic horror in some respects. The other moments are just to get them from point A to point B. Yeah, he it's can't a lot of build the world with a lot of depth around his essential idea. Yeah, because he clearly doesn't, he's not as interested in, the cops are just yeah. there to serve a purpose, the sister's there to serve a purpose. You know, you initially think the tour guide in, in like the underground is like basically has no purpose until he really she does with only like 20 minutes left in the film. Um, I think in Conjuring though, he does build the world so deeply. It's such a different movie in, in a lot of ways. Well, I think Conjuring and, and it is- kind of violates all my complaints about James Wan. I think Conjuring does not fall for Conjuring is so focused on, well, Conjuring has two things. Conjuring has a Conjuring has a pre-existing world that it can enter into. And then it just has to build out these characters. But the entire, they, they think they also knew going into Conjuring 1 
that they wanted to set up multiple films about the warrants and their exploits. Malignant feels like they are way more focused on like they can just I sort know. of take this one concept and that can be 25% of the film and they can build the, you know, the, the, the like the lean to around it. So they can get from point A to point B going forward. And if they wanted to do a second and third one, they have Gabriel, they have the parasitic twin and they're kind of like, they're happy with those components. And, and if that, they have to do the other stuff around it, they'll just figure it out. I've never seen Saul, so this comparison could be nothing. But my idea is, is the same thing with Saul. That he's all built around this concept that he has. But he doesn't really care about the characters and backstories that he's placing into it. From my understanding, Saul is about basically, it's sort of like torture point. It's just like, how, what are the different ways I can kill people? That that seems more of uh, Saul's focus. Um I really, yeah, I, I, I like Malignant, I think, more than you. But I'm also Let's just talk like... about the things we like. When it's working, it's awesome. Like, when you finally get the reveals, like the opening the opening sequence, the credits, the final reveals, the attacks, I think that stuff is the awesome. The set pieces are really yeah. well-executed, well-filmed, well-choreographed, um, like, phenomenally choreographed, or effects. I don't know how they, like, did the backwards motions and everything. It's not surprising that James Wan could go make a giant, big-budget superhero movie because he's always had excellent choreography in his action sequences in horror films. And it's the, un- like... The, the editing is also really sharp in this movie for those scenes because it, okay. I think it's the very key to um, creating that kind of reality of her having those, um, I don't know, the dreams or, or that, that, yeah. that, you know, visions essentially. Um, the editing is, is really good at keeping the viewer kind of aware of where everyone is at all times. and Visually, yeah. visually it's a super cool movie. I love when they're doing the visions and like they're, the background is melting from her house into the person's house she's watching getting killed. There's a lot of cool stuff. Um, it's He's always had a good visual style. He always has interesting visual movies. Um, and Malignant is certainly another one in that line. Yep. Even the designs, like the character design Gabriel's, the, the body horror elements are fucking creepy. And, and, and it's like a, a, you know, destroyed kind of melting face essentially coming out of out of the body with um just like the wiry black hair that you can never trust on anybody which is not about wallace's hair but going forward so even the shape of it as like backwards hair but looking forward just creates this kind of unreal spooky effect that's just a brilliant visual idea you know as well um just even the sequences of like the original parasite and then cutting him back and doing the surgery to remove him and then forcing him into the skull and locking him in those sequences are really cool and clearly they did like a lot of time thinking through them um oh and, fun and fact do you do you, how much do you think that they stole visually from um harry potter and the sorcerer's stone it's essentially i, I had exactly i had exactly that said i was like this looks exactly <laughs> like harry potter and the sorcerer's stone from some of those moments um <laughs> But also, I feel like any kind of back of the head thing would just like inherently look like that. You say it, any kind of back of the head thing, like this is a common trope in movies that they put other no, humans in the back it, of us. It's certainly movies. not, but I think at this point, because of just the purveyance of Harry Potter through culture, like anything, yeah. any movie that did this at this point would just be compared instantly to that. Um, yeah. Playing our favorite game, which is, of course, Lucas and Zach don't know who celebrities are in relationships with. Do you know who um, <laughs> Animal Wars is? Game? Do you know who Annabelle Wallace's partner is? I do know this. Um, shit. I, I want to say um, Bradley Cooper, but that's not it. 
Shit, I fucking it it oh, it's gonna drive me crazy because I hundred percent know who it is because they did some weird like some imagine esque kind of video together. It's Chris Pine. I was about to, but yeah, Chris Pine. Okay. Also, I did not know this. Um, Annabelle Wallace's uncle is the late Richard Harris. I didn't know that. And That's her cousin is game. is I the like, actor. Did you know these people are related? Game. And her cousin is the actor Jared Harris. So I didn't know that he was related to them. I didn't actually really Jared and Richard Harris related to each other. Jared Harris should be in this movie. Who do you play? Why, why is he not the cop? No, he he would have had to been one of the like doctors. Um, oh, yeah, he could have been one of the doctors. You're right. Yeah, should he have just been Gabriel? Shouldn't he just like planted himself on his cousin's head? Yeah, why not? So, yeah. I'm always a fan of uh, Jared Harris. You could have um, done the voice of Gabriel. Honestly, that Jared Harris has a great voice. And he does have an amazing had voice. Low creepiness. It would have been perfect in a, in a different way. It's very different to what the movie was doing with the character's voice, but I think it would have worked. Um, do you have any other thoughts on *Malignant*? I feel like this is a hard movie to talk about because it's so much like the experience of watching it, and it's not like one of these. This is like the worst. This is a rough movie for us to review because we so often get stuck in like the minutia of relationships and stuff. And the discussion yeah. of that, and this is a movie that is almost purely about just like sitting back and like immersing yourself in the, the visceral effects, yeah, of um, some of the scenes. I say you got to just be patient because when it works, it does really work. It is very visceral. It is very exciting. You just kind of kind of go through the plot mechanics to get there. I will say one thing I was a little surprised was by was James Wan in the Conjuring movies, especially, is really good at jump scares and like just scares in general. This movie's not going for that. This movie is not scary. It's no, early. yeah, that's why I want to talk about the fucking trailer. But go on. No, it's just like it's one of these things that like I don't think this dings a horror. If, if a horror movie doesn't like make me piss myself, I don't think that's like ne- a negative against the film, and I think that's silly to like get mad at a film for not scaring you. But um, this movie is not going for the typical James Wan horror. So I would say that, like, if you come into this movie expecting this to do conjuring scares, you're going to be disappointed. But, like, you also shouldn't be expecting that because the movie is clearly telling you from the beginning, this is not the conjuring movies. Please stop treating us like the conjuring movies. Yeah. Trailer. Yeah. So because of this, what I'm saying, the, the trailers, I, I've talked to you and maybe you've talked on camera about um, how one of my biggest, like, pet peeves, I guess. Um, or problems with Hollywood steer systems, horror trailers, horror trailers are bad. The worst thing coming out of um, Hollywood, essentially, because they're all very samey. Um, they're all catering to a very specific audience and are very often misleading to what the movie is, slash not telling you anything about the movie is, because they make them all seem like this, something else. They're, they're created by the studio formula of how can we just make something seem scary, because that's what's going to draw people. Not this, what the story is or what this thing is doing creatively, but are you going to, like, jump and be scared? And trailers are just a bunch of, like, big, you know, streaking sounds with a glaring image, and then it's followed by 10 seconds later, another one, maybe five seconds of some idea of a plot, and then there's another sh- sharp image in this movie. Watching a trailer, I told you before, I was like, I think this could be real bad. And it just seems like the most rote, uh, regular horror movie that's just going to give me jump scares. And it's like not at all what this movie is. It does not sell the the um, kind of ingenuity or the creativity of this movie at all. It makes it seem like every other horror movie that's came out for the past 40 years, because that's what horror trailers do. And it's very, very, I think, upsetting to me, because I think it... It treats the audience's 
um, like they're dumb and, and maybe doesn't get the audience that it really needs and deserves um, because people are going to be so tuned out by this. Yeah, trailers for horror movies are rough. Um, they, they're loud. They're so horribly they're loud and make it so uncomfortable to watch. Not ever fun experiences. Comedies Even, the, I said us. The us trailer I found disastrous because it was following the same kind of comedies are the easiest movies to do trailers yeah. for. Horror is the hardest. I um, think they think it's easy, but they don't care. Well, I think it's, that it's such a formula to what they do with. Well, it's also to be fair. In their defense, it's really tough if your movie is not classic studio horror. If your movie is jump scares, a couple kills, like that stuff will work in a trailer. But that's any what they, movie, that's what they make every horror movie seem like. I know, but that's but that might be just because that on the whole usually sells more than the other ones. Um, I think this is also. I think this is just kind of a, a problem with. We yeah, have a, we have a society. your audience like they're not more interesting. But I don't are. think the audience is more interesting. I think we actually have a culture where the audience is like they're easy to predict what they're going to respond to. And I think it's why we get horror trailers like we do. Like if you make a jump scare horror movie, it can be terrible and it'll make money. If you make a horror movie that is more complicated or ask more of its audience that movie will make significantly less money. I, I, think, I just think... I, I think you can I, sell a movie on atmosphere and just pure creepiness and just... And you don't want to give away... Like, you could have done the look like gay, the Gabriel thing of just, like, him, like, looking like Edward Scissorhands staring down and, and create that kind of just creepy vibe without having to do it by, you know, over-the-top sharp editing. Yeah, I just think it's harder sometimes when Mainly stuff doesn't fit the, the, the mainstream mold of... Uh, what tends to, to succeed that just makes it hard and they should just use some of the score instead of just loud shrieking noises just use the and my i i told you i think it was just ripping off um the pixies but i think it is the pixies something else said that it was just like a remix of where is my mind they're just like playing at their main score drop i think it's like it might literally be that but it does sound like where's my mind throughout the whole movie do you like Ooh. the do you like the pixies sound drop is that good I I think it's good because that song rules and that sound is really good and it does work as far as atmospheric, but it also doesn't work because that song is so noticeable and so tied to Fight Club that it's yeah. like one of the songs you can't use again without it distracting you. That was my take on it, is that it's just like, it might be a good song, but I'm sorry, I'm like, when are the buildings going to fall down every time they play it? It's, there's certain songs that are just so tied to a specific movie and a certain, um, you know, vision that it creates in someone's mind that you can't recreate again you can't top it yeah you just can't um i think it was kind of a mistake doing that if we're being honest but not like i'm not gonna massively ding them um any more thoughts on if james wan has never seen fight clubs so he like didn't know what happened do you think there's a world be hilarious seen fight club no he's still <laughs> because no, this movie has a lot of inspiration of seven so yeah he he's definitely he's definitely seen david fincher movies um yeah any more thoughts on malignant no, this is a fun experience. Yeah, definitely. I'm happy I think... we, we did the month on it, and yeah. it, it's what I went like. We wanted to focus on James Wan because he is someone with a, you know, a creative streak that he's bringing to horror movies. He is very important, and this movie I think continues to show why he is still an important filmmaker, even if he's not one of my guys. I feel like I don't know if there are many of your guys in the horror genre. Which makes the horror genre? No, no, it's not really. Maybe not really I like both. Love both those movies. Yeah. Yeah, Jordan Peele, not the best director we're covering this month. Just uh, heads up. He is. 
he's not. But I, I'll explain later. Um, Hereditary's been not great. Okay, <laughs> go. Wow. <laughs> Bad takes from Zach. Um, for usual, not to be expected. All right, we did *Malignant*. I hope you enjoyed this. Please watch *Malignant*. It's on HBO Max um, and also theaters if you want to do that. Um, I feel like this would be a great theater experience if we're being completely honest. Yeah, probably really fun. Yes. Too bad. We'll never know because we don't leave our houses. Yeah, it, I'm gonna be honest. I, I love the HBO Max thing, but yeah, it, it also means that I just I see no reason to go to the theaters for stuff I can access. Um, which is clearly what many of people yeah, in the audience I can't do. watches at 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning at a theater like I did. <laughs> <laughs> or I can't watch it in two parts like I need to. Um, all right. Malignant. Enjoy uh, the rest of the month. Enjoy everything. Um, we will have more regularly scheduled content. Uh, like, subscribe, do other things on YouTube. Follow Spotify, Apple, whatever the hell. We're on everybody, basically everywhere. If you find out we're not on your platform of choice, um, yep. email us. The email's in the show description, and I will try to yep. uh, get it on there. And if you want a private show, join our Patreon at the uh, $5,000 billion. Dollar $2 billion. Two billion. You got to pay the plane tickets too. Jeff Additional Bezos. to your Patreon charge, you have to buy our plane tickets and board. Plane tickets and all expenses. And Zach and I yeah. live a very, very expensive lifestyle. Yeah, we're getting steaks for every meal and snack, baby. Three, three or four, maybe. We won't even <laughs> eat it. We'll just order them. All right. Um, yeah. Regularly scheduled programming resuming. Enjoy the review. Have a good night. Peace out, folks.